0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a
1: verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 77th program in this series. I'm presently in the Gospel of John chapter 14, and in the previous message, I was speaking about verse 12. In verse 12, this is John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And what I introduced in the previous message is the fact that these works are going to be much greater from God's point of view that are going to be manifested, that are going to be revealed, they're going to be much greater than what Jesus did when he was conducting his ministry. And that it can be tempting to say that the works that we will see after Jesus has left, after Jesus went away, it can be tempting to say that those who believe in him will do the exact same works that Jesus did, in the sense that they might heal the blind or the lame, or resurrect somebody from the dead, that sort of thing, maybe multiply some loaves and fishes, that this is what people will tend to think about when they're thinking about the works of Jesus. And we have had testimonies throughout the centuries that have suggested that these are things that people have done in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so there's no way that I'm going to suggest that those kinds of works would not take place or have not taken place. But what Jesus said is that there will be greater things than these. And it will be because he is not physically present. He is going away. He is leaving his disciples. And, you know, from his disciples' point of view, they just wanted him. They just felt that they needed him, that Jesus needed to be there for the work of God to be done. And Jesus, of course, did the work of God that was given to him. But Jesus said, in effect, we are not done. We have a lot more to do, but you are going to do it when I am not physically present in the same way. That's effectively what he tells his disciples, that there are going to be greater works. And what I explained at the end of the previous message, is that one of the things that we definitely know is true is that no one was saved through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit before Jesus died and rose from the dead, that that is something that is different. Now, I'm not saying that people will not be in the kingdom of heaven. What I am saying is that if they are, God will make this decision according to different criteria. And of course, I have an opinion about this that has to do with the condition of a person's heart, that if a person recognizes that they have no hope outside of the grace and mercy of God, they do believe in him, they do trust him, they do recognize their condition, and they understand that there is no hope outside of his provision, that it's my opinion, that he will make a place for them, that he'll he'll allow for that just fine. But that's just my opinion. We don't have enough information to know the criteria that God will definitely use in order to make this decision. He did not disclose this to us, and so we have no way of knowing. But what we do know is that in accordance with the gospel, salvation through the restoration of the Holy Spirit, through making people into a new creation in Christ Jesus, this is something that happened when Jesus left, not when he was present there ministering to the people, with his disciples, and that the resurrection of an individual, spiritually speaking, to make them into a child of God, to me is definitely a greater work than any of the works that Jesus had done. That, to me, is a fantastic example of something that is greater, and we participate in this work of God of salvation. We are participants in the sense that we continue the message. We continue to tell the truth. We are witnesses. We testify of the truth of the gospel. People will believe the truth or they will reject the truth. But if they believe, then they will be saved. They will be made into a child of God, a new creation. And that is a work that our God allows us to be participants in. This is much greater than any of the works that were done when Jesus was conducting his ministry in comparison with the healings that he did. He healed lots of people, and I don't want to depreciate the importance and the quality of those healings, but what I do want to say is that there is a greater healing that a person can experience, and I mentioned this at the end of the previous program also, that there is a greater healing, and that is the healing of a person's heart. This is definitely a much greater work, that a person's heart can be healed. And I mentioned an example of forgiveness, that when we understand the forgiveness of God, the forgiveness that he has given to us, When we grow in that, when we rest in that, when we mature in that, when we understand that, when we walk in our daily lives with the implications of what Jesus did for us, and that becomes an integral part of who we are, eventually there will come a point when we will experience change within our own hearts because of this forgiveness. And the manifestations of this forgiveness can be many things. In the series that I produced on forgiveness, I mentioned at the end of that series that we will be able to forgive others with the forgiveness that we have received from God, that this is something that can be very real in our lives, and this represents the healing of a person's heart, especially when someone has violated us, when they have injured us, when they have sinned against us we are injured, we are damaged, we will have experienced great suffering and pain. And this is an opportunity for healing. When we forgive others with the forgiveness that we have received, we can personally experience a measure of healing in our hearts. And through this, we can grow to know our God more. Now, I'm not saying this in order to encourage you to violate others more, to give them more opportunities, and I don't want to encourage you to look for ways to be violated more, because I'm confident that you will have an abundance of opportunities to experience violations from others in the world that you're a part of. But there are other things that we can encounter and experience and grow to know through his forgiveness. For example, we can understand the acceptance of God. Through him being present with us, with the promise that he's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us, we can experience a form of healing in our hearts. We can experience a sense of fulfillment in our hearts through the acceptance of God, through being accepted by him. We will know his love for us. We will know his kindness for us. We will know his patience, his long suffering. We will know and grow to understand many qualities that he has towards us that will fulfill the deepest needs of our hearts, the emptiness that exists within us. We will experience some healing when it comes to these issues. And this is much greater than anything that Jesus could have done while he was conducting his ministry, because this is based on the forgiveness that we have received and the presence of our God within us through being resurrected From the dead spiritually through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that he has given to us as a free gift, the life of God that will remain eternally, eternal life that we have right now and will carry us on into eternity even after we physically die. These are things that we experience after Jesus died and rose from the dead after he left. And this is much greater This is good, and this is understood as a change that happens within people over a period of time. These are not the kinds of changes that happen spontaneously, like one of the healings that many of the people experienced when Jesus was conducting his ministry. He would heal somebody, it would be immediate, everybody would see it, everybody would know it, there would be the living testimony that would be presented through the healing, and then people would go on with their lives. But these are things that I'm referring to. These are things that are healings, that are changes, that happen over an extended period of time. And through these revelations and transitions that we experience over a period of time, we grow, we change, we are a living person Living things grow, we grow, we change, and we grow to know our God more and more as we proceed, as we go on. This is a greater work. You know, before, when Jesus was here, people could know of the existence of God. They could know of the existence of the Messiah the works that he did testified of his existence, testified that he was who he said he was. But that's different from knowing our God in the new covenant. Knowing our God in the old covenant was about an acknowledgement of his existence, in general who he was, what he valued, what his commandments were, those kinds of things. But in the new covenant, we can know his feelings. In a deeper and personal way, we can empathize with our God. We can relate to him in a different way. There will be opportunities when these kinds of opportunities didn't really exist before the new covenant went into effect. So we can grow to know our God as a person, not just as an executive, not just as some judge, but we can know him as a person. We can experience relationship with him through mutual exchange of communication and through participating in the works of God. Mutual communication is different in this context because the Spirit of God makes our spirit alive and through his spirit within ours, we can know the things of God. As it is written, no one can know the things of God without the Spirit of God within them. So when the Spirit of God is within us in the New Covenant, that is, of course, different from the Spirit of God not being within us during the Old Covenant. This is different. We can know Him differently. We can know Him more intimately, more personally. We can relate to him in the context of mutual communication as we speak to him, as he relates things to us, gives us discernment and understanding that he could not have given to us before, according to the Old Covenant. But with the New Covenant, there is definitely a lot more to talk about. There are some new things to address, especially because of forgiveness because of the change in relationship so we have a unique opportunity to know our god through relationship and also through works it is written that he will prepare works for us to walk in he will do this he is an active participant in this world and without interfering with the will and the decisions of anyone Without interfering, he participates in a way that he can coordinate and inspire and present opportunities for his children to be involved in the work of the gospel. He will give us opportunities individually to speak with others about the truth of who he is. In the context of these radio programs, there are a lot of people who have joined together corporately, who are giving donations so that these radio programs can be recorded and produced and they can be broadcasted on radio stations. This is a way to participate in the work of God. And you can decide to take advantage of an opportunity like this and be a participant. You can do this on your own. Or if God speaks to you in some way and encourages you to be a participant, then you can respond that way. But either way, this is an example of how people can participate in the work of God. And this work of people coming to know the truth is greater than anything that Jesus did when he was conducting his ministry. What we are doing right now in the context of reaching out to people with the truth of the gospel, the implications of what he has done, the inheritance that we have received in Christ Jesus, and how to live with what we have because of what he did for us and what he has given to us. Through this, we are involved in something much greater than what Jesus and his disciples did. Without question, absolutely, this is a big deal. Now, this is something that happens while we are physically alive. And for some of us, we may be able to enjoy this kind of life that our God can give to us. We might enjoy this for five years or 20 years or maybe 50 years. It really just depends on when we get started and how long it takes us to embrace the truth, how long it takes us to continue to grow and mature To move away the traditional barriers that tend to get in the way of resting in what God has done for us so that we can begin to rest in him, be at peace with him, so that he can make a change within us. This is stuff that takes time. These things take time for him to make a change within us such that we will be willing participants in the work of God so that others may grow to know who he is. This can take many years. So depending upon when we get started and how long it takes for us to embrace the new covenant a little bit better than we probably did when we first got exposure to it, depending upon how long that takes and how many years we have remaining, we will have a period of time when we can be participants in the work of God and then we are done And after a 100 years or 200 years later, there will be a whole new group of people on this planet if we assume that no one will live past, let's say, 130 years. If I was to just pick that number and say that no one who is alive right now will be alive 130 years from now, well, 130 years from now, everyone who is presently on this planet will be replaced with somebody else. It'll be an entirely new planet, with new people, all over the world. God will still be here, and he will be doing his work, with new people, getting to know new people, new people getting to know him, new people growing and maturing, and maybe participating in the work of God. And they will be a part of the preparation for the next generation After them, just as we are doing work right now, so that the next generation after us will be able to make use of what we have done and build on top of it and continue it. This is a big deal. And this is the work of God. This is what's going on. And this is much greater, much greater than Jesus by himself with his disciples there in the land of Israel, what's going on right now is definitely much greater. Greater works than these they will do. Absolutely. This is what has been going on and this will continue as long as our God allows humanity to continue to exist on His planet. And it is in His interest to allow this to go on as long as possible, for as many generations as possible. It is in his interest, even though there will be great suffering, great pain. That is not all there will be. There will be great joy. There will be great love. And for each person, this is a short-term, temporary experience. What we will experience next in eternity is even greater than what we will have now. There is something greater than what we have in this world after Jesus said that there will be greater works. There will be greater to come, even more, I'm sure. There will be more. There is going to be no end to the greatness of God, to the greatness of the works of God. And the most important part of this is that we will know him, that he will be known, and that he will have a people who are with him because they want to be, because we genuinely want to, to be with him above all, above anyone, above anything. These are the kinds of people who he will have in his life for eternity, who he will have in his home for eternity, people who genuinely want to be with him, who know him and want to be with him. That is a big deal. That is what he gets out of all of this effort, out of all of this work. And he has given us the privilege to be a part of this work, that many more may grow to know who he is, and that we also can grow to know who he is personally, individually. And he, of course, knows us. He knows us from who we once were. He knows us for who we are now. And he knows us for who we are going to become as we continue in our lives and continue to grow in Christ Jesus. So again, in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Because he went, because he left in the way that he did, and because of the way that he came back, the way that he resurrects us, because of that, There have been greater works, and the works will continue throughout all eternity. He goes on, and in verse 13, he speaks about prayer. He speaks about asking for things of God. In verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, this being placed in connection with the greater works, to me says that he will be a participant. He will be a participant in the works that we are doing that are greater, and that if we ask him for anything, he will do it. If we ask anything of our God in his name, that he will do it, that there may be glorification in the sense that Jesus can be known. That the Son can be glorified, that he can be known, that the Father may be glorified, that he can be known, that we can, of course, make requests, we can ask many things, he will do whatever we ask, but we have to be careful with something like this because it appears to be open-ended. Open-ended in the sense that people might ask for anything, they might ask for lots of things, and what they will notice is that they're not going to get what it is that they want, that God is not answering their requests, that he's not doing whatever they ask. This is something that a lot of people have noticed whenever they have tried to apply this verse in an open-ended context, that this really isn't just some blank check in a sense, that God has signed, and you can go ahead and spend it however you like, that you are now the decider of what he is going to do and what he's not going to do. Being recorded in such an open-ended way has provided people with a lot of opportunities for discussions and disappointment. And so in the next program, I'm going to spend some time in this topic of asking him for something and that he will do whatever we ask, asking our God for something and he will do whatever we ask. This, of course, is not the only place where this is mentioned. Jesus had a lot more to say about this than just an open-ended, go ahead and ask for whatever you want and we'll do it. There is a lot more to it than just that. And I will explain this in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 77th program in the verse by verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I was in John chapter 14 verse 12. I spent a little bit more time speaking about Jesus saying that there would be greater works that we would perform because he was leaving. He conducted his ministry with his disciples. He did many great works. But he explained to them that it was important for him to go away so that God could do greater works within and through his disciples and he could do greater works within and through people who would believe the gospel and that he could continue to do this through every generation of people who would come and go for the centuries that would follow all the way to the present day and In the future, God will continue to do greater works within and through us and subsequent generations for as long as this world will be functional enough for him to reveal himself to people and for people to know who he is.